Hello, and welcome to Remember God Loves You, and I'll meet you at the finish line. Well, I hope you guys are having a blessed day, because I know I am, because today is a day that the Lord hath made, and we shall rejoice and praise and be glad in it. And God is good all the time, and all the time, God is good. You know, have you ever expected expectations? Have you ever exceeded in expectations? For instance, I have I have a tendency of doing that. You know, when I'm given a task, I normally go up and beyond the normal given task, which is good always. It's always good to go up and beyond. And it seems like that God and and Jesus, both of them, do have a business of exceeding expectations um, more than we expect them to do, which is awesome. Now, before I continue on, I want to say that um, I think it's today, you know, we remember today um, with Paul Whelan. Um, I think it's important that we keep his family in prayer. And I think it's just important that, you know, while things did not transpire, I'm not going to go into it. Uh, you're welcome to stay in, in touch on my feed um, where you're going to just stay in tune of what happens. Besides that, um, I'm going to be posting a, probably an update, but we're going to be talking about God. And so on my feed is normally where I kind of just show my, not my opinions, but uh, with the SAS report, just is very interactive. We do uh, quite a research, and so with this in mind, that's why I'm a little bit sour about the whole aftermath of Brittany, whatever her name is. Um, and with this in mind, we're going to start off with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for bringing us together. We thank you that we can just come here in a, just in a loving way, Lord. We pray for Paul and his family. As there is a just a huge, like Paul who served in the military, served in the United States Marine Corps, and then was arrested in Russia in 2018. We know it can be discouraging, Lord, especially now. And we don't know the questions. We don't know the answers, Lord. But I pray that you provide a sense of peace over the family. I pray that you touch the family's hearts and you encourage them as well. While some of them have left, they, while our government has left him behind, we pray that we don't leave him behind. We pray that he is in our prayers, and we are just that we just provide a hedge of protection over him. So may you guide us and protect us, Lord, as we go and we expect a certain expectations, and we sometimes didn't receive it, especially when we look back today. But we know that you far exceed it. You are in the business of uh, exceeding expectations. So may you just allow us to continue to be surprised by it, Lord. And allow us to be in reverence of you, O Lord. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. So the coolest thing is, is that today's devotion is brought to you by Advent. A Christmas, a journey to Christmas. And that is what today is brought to you by. And we're going to dive in with uh, Luke chapter 2, 1 through, I think, twenty uh, one through 20. And it states this. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world, which, a matter of fact, was the first census that took place while uh, Cornelius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. Verses 4. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth to in Galilee, 
in Judah to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married uh, to him and was expecting a child, and gave birth to her first uh, born a son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. And there was shepherds living out in the field nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord alone uh, shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes, lying in a manger. And Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 through 7 also states this. Now, I love this Hebrews 11 because it starts off as faith in action. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for uh, and, and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were uh, commanded for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command, so that what, we, what is seen was not made out of what was visible. By faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith, he was commanded as righteous when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith, Abel still speaks, even though he is dead. By faith, Enoch was taken from from this life, and so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For, For before he was taken... He was commanded as one who pleased God. Without, and without faith, it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he commanded the world or commended um, the world and became heir of the righteousness that is in keeping with faith. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place, he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architects and built and the builder is God. And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear ch- children, because she considered him faithful 
who had made the promise. And so from this, from this one man, and he as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. Verse 13. All these people were still, <clears throat> were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Verse 17. By faith, Abraham when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had embraced the promise was about to sacrifice his one and only son. Even though God said to him, It is through, <clears throat> it is through Isaac that your offsprings will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead. And so in any manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from death. Verse 20, by faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau in regard to their future. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of Joseph's son and worshipped as he leaned on the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when his end was near, spoke about exodus of Israelites from Egypt and gave instructions concerning the burial of his bones. By faith, Moses' Moses's parents hid him in three months for three months after he was born, because they saw he was no ordinary child, and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to, uh, to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God uh, rather than, in, than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. By faith he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He preserved because he saw him who is invincible. By faith he kept the Passover and the application of blood, so that the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch the firstborn of Israel. By faith the people passed through the Red Sea as on dry land. But when Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. By faith the walls of Jericho fell after the army had marched around them for seven days. By faith the prostitute Rahab um, because she welcomed the spies and was not killed because those were those who were disobedient. And what shall I say? Verse 32. I do not have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, and Jephthah, about David and Samuel, and 
and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms and ministered justice and gained what was promised, who shut their mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength, and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign foreign armies. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. There were others who were tortured, refusing to be released, so that they might gain um, an even better resurrection. Some faced jurors and flogging, and even chains and imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning. They were sawed in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goats and goatskins. I'm sorry about that. Distant, persecuted, and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains living in caves and in holes in the ground. These were all commanded for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised. Since God had planned something better for us, so that only together with us, they would, with us would they be made perfect. Wow, that was a lot to chew on. We're going to finish it with uh, Ephesians chapter 3, um, verses 20 and through 21. It states, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. So you're probably wondering, okay, Sasson, why did you have such a rough reading in Hebrews chapter 11? Matter of fact, I thought you are just going to read a couple verses like you have been reading. Well, let me tell you like the reason why. Because through this Christmas season, through the holiday seasons and this Christmas time, we get to understand that the expectations that we are trying to determine, uh, for instance, we expect to go to your family, or you, sometimes you expect to go to your family, or you expect to go to your aunt's or your friend's house to get presents. That's you expect that. But what is far exceeding is God. And it, because of prophecy, the Jewish people had anticipated a savior. For centuries, and that's what we anticipated. That's what we're anticipating a savior uh, to be born on Christmas Day, or you anticipate getting presents. They were expecting a royal king who'd set them free and established an earthly kingdom. Imagine their surprise and disbelief when they were told their savior was born to a common family in a major in Bethlehem, the lowliest of places in a lonely town. What the Jewish people got did not meet their expectations. And I'm sure it didn't meet some of our expectations. I'm sure that when people like, when you, when you first accept Jesus Christ, there's an ex- expectation that I think we sometimes receive or think of. Thinking, okay, we're going uh, to be good. We're going to be protected. God is going to watch over our backs. He's not going to allow us bad things to happen. And, and the list can go on. But that doesn't mean our expectations. 
Because God isn't the business of meeting expectations. He's in the business of blowing them out of the water. Jesus is an incredible example of God's exceeding goodness and mercy. Through Jesus, God met needs, um, needs the um, needs uh, the Jewish people didn't even realize they had. God met those needs. He provided much more than the fleeting prosperity of an earthly kingdom. He established his eternal kingdom, provided salvation, reconciled human humans to right relationship with God, and brought hope to a broken world. So the question for you is to think and ponder. How often do we place our expectations on God, assuming he'll work according to our timeline and plan? I have definitely had that question, and I've definitely thought about that for the longest time. You know, I've thought about that, thinking, okay, God is, you know, for instance, when I first, you know, became paralyzed, or when I first, like, realized, okay, well, maybe this wasn't what I expected. You know, this wasn't the expectations from God. I could have been bitter. And overall, I kind of grew and I learned about to adapt. But then I didn't realize that, you know, even as we're going through a Christmas season, we sometimes, you know, don't meet the expectations. Now, it's not because of the Christmas season, but it's because of situational awareness. It's because something might come about. But those situations that might uh, transpire or might come about are good. Because you're going to hopefully interact with good people. And you're hopefully going to be able to uh, pray with someone and allow them to interact in your life. So we need to understand the difference between placing our expectations on God versus trusting in His plan. And being expectant that He will see it through to completion in our lives. Placing our expectations on God can set us up for disappointment, frustration, and resentment when they go unmet. But having a healthy expectancy of God can feed our faith and can flourish and can have a desire for God. So what desire has God placed in your life, in your heart, or in your life? This Christmas, find comfort in knowing that God wants to do more than meet your expectations. He wants to exceed them. Take heart in the fact that God can do far more than we can even think to ask of Him. Expect God to move. Trust His process. Have patience. And watch your faith grow and flourish. And with this in mind, we're going to end it with a word of prayer. And I would like to again apologize because I know that was a very frustrating read. And for me, I am not very good at my biblical reading and it seems like it's a lot i find it interesting because you know reading this whole process has done great things for me because i feel more talking about better in uh, public speaking and i think this is a great way and of course i still struggle even with speaking in public or speaking over the mic but with this in mind we're going to end it with a word of prayer dear heavenly father we thank you lord for bringing us together lord you are a merciful father You love us so much that you sent your son to die on the cross. You know, sometimes we look at expectations and we think that we have to uh, expect something in order that there's like a, a, there's accordingly 
um, thing that we expect along the journey. But we know that all things change all the time. We know that you love us. You know that you have a plan according to, according to us, according to our guidelines, according to your guidelines. Lord, may you protect us as we go out forth this Christmas season. And help us not to be frustrated when things don't go our way. Help us to not get mad at ourselves or mad at you if something doesn't go according as planned. Because we know that you have the ultimate plan, and that is to have uh, us, your children, run through the finish line and so that we can cross into your arms or run into your arms. And we can hear you say to us, well done, my good and faithful servant. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Well, I hope you guys have a blessed day. And remember, God loves you. And I'll meet you at the finish line. Bye.